We're hard at work on new episodes. We'll begin to drop in mid-January, but we want to bring you an important update. Late last week, the Supreme Court handed down a major healthcare decision. No, not the ACA, but another case we've been following closely, Rutledge versus the Pharmaceutical Care Management Association. Ultimately, this is about an obscure federal law that often pits states against large employers and big healthcare companies. It was really surprising, but the states won big. This ruling could end up impacting policies from drug prices to surprise bills. So today we're re-airing an episode that we first aired back in October for a little context to better understand last week's decision. Then we'll talk again with law professor Aaron Fousey-Brown on what comes next after this unexpected ruling. Let's get to it. This week, in the long shadow of the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court begins a new term. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. One of the first cases they'll hear reads like a jambalaya of healthcare jargon. PBM's preemption provision, all-payer claims databases, PCMA, ERISA, third-party administrators, self-funded employee benefit plans. And while the future of the Affordable Care Act will not come up, this case could kneecap states' powers to regulate everything from surprise bills to prescription drugs. All of these state laws hang in the balance and depend on how the Supreme Court rules in this case. Today, we're on the case. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. There are few people who follow the corner of healthcare where insurance, employer, and state laws meet as closely as Aaron Fusay-Brown. I'm an associate professor of law and the director of the Center for Law, Health, and Society at Georgia State University. And to her, when she thinks about this case, it's like a wonky welterweight fight. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event... In one corner from Little Rock, Leslie Rutledge. That's the Attorney General of Arkansas. And in the other corner from right here in Washington, D.C., the Pharmaceutical Care Management Association. The trade group that represents pharmacy benefit managers. Oh, yay, the Court is now sitting! In a few minutes, we'll explain why someone like Aaron thinks of this case like it's some championship clash. But first, it helps to know what this case is about on its face, which is not nearly so grand. So the issue in the Rutledge case is whether states, in this case Arkansas, can regulate entities called pharmacy benefit managers. A quick note on pharmacy benefit managers what lots of people call PBMs. They specialize in wheeling and dealing up and down the prescription drug supply chain. Their goal? Get the best price for their clients, often large employers, and take a cut for themselves too. One of the ways the PBM makes money is by pinching everyone else in the supply chain, including pharmacies. And that was what was happening in Arkansas. Now, from Arkansas's News and Information Center. Brent Bradley said the profit-sucking middlemen are forcing Bradley's Health Mart Pharmacy to close 
after nearly two decades. PBMs have squeezed mom and pop pharmacies like this one, paying them less to dispense some drugs than they had to pay to acquire them, forcing the pharmacies into the red. Yeah, I'm going to miss the everyday patient relationships that I've had over the last 25 years. So several years ago, Arkansas legislators started taking a look at what losing these pharmacies might mean for competition and ultimately consumers. Bradley merged with Walgreens last week. Many independent pharmacists say PBMs have taken all the potential profits and then some. By 2015. This is Senate Bill 688. It deals with the PBMs and their pricing. Some legislators had seen enough. Arkansas, in this case, passed a law to protect these independent pharmacies that requires PBMs to pay pharmacies enough to cover the pharmacy's cost of acquiring a a generic drug. The PBMs liked the law so much, they decided to take Arkansas to court, relying on an obscure law originally designed to regulate pensions. The Pharmacy Benefit Manager Trade Association is arguing that this federal law called ERISA preempts or blocks the state from having the power to regulate the PBM in this way. After the break, we'll get into ERISA and how it has thwarted dozens of efforts to rein in healthcare spending over the last 50 years. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So before the break, Aaron, you told us that this case really comes down to this federal law, ERISA, and whether it prevents states from regulating PBMs and other insurance issues, too. Can you first help us understand what this law even is? So ERISA stands for the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, and it was passed in 1974, true to its name, to mainly regulate and protect employee retirement plans like pensions. Private pensions, whose vulnerabilities NBC exposed in a 1972 investigation often credited with motivating lawmakers to pass ERISA. We figured that if we put in our 20 or 25 years, when we retired, we would get a pension. But no, because they got cheated, they still have to work. The pension system is essentially a consumer fraud, a shell game, and a hoax. There's little or no evidence that Congress was even thinking about employer-based health coverage when it passed ERISA. It was never meant to be a law about health care coverage, but that's what it has become. The trouble, says Aaron, began when Congress wrote ERISA to cover not just pensions, but all so-called employee welfare benefits, even health coverage, including for employers who offer the coverage themselves through what's known as a self-funded plan. But about a decade after ERISA was passed, the Supreme Court interpreted one sort of ambiguous provision of the law to exempt all of these self-funded plans from state regulation. And when the court interpreted 
this clause to exempt self-funded plans from state regulation, the court essentially created a loophole. But why has this loophole actually become such a big problem, Aaron? It created an incentive for large employers to self-insure, to escape state regulation. So even though, you know, very few of these employers in the 1970s self-funded, 60% of people today have employer-based coverage that is self-funded. And now that may sound like a technical matter, but this means that, you know, almost a third of the U.S. population is virtually untouchable and unprotectable by state healthcare regulation. To be fair here, private employers, especially big ones, say they like self-funded plans for other reasons, lower costs, more control. And when it comes to ERISA, large employers also argue it's not a loophole, but vital protection against the messy and expensive burden of having to comply with 50 different sets of regulations. It's that exact protection that PBMs are claiming in this Rutledge case that they too deserve because they help administer these self-funded plans. All right, Aaron, so let's look ahead to what could happen in this Rutledge case. What do you think is really at stake here if the Supreme Court sides against Arkansas? So I think one of the immediate impacts is that the nearly 40 states that have passed some sort of PBM regulation in the last few years, all of those states are going to see immediate legal challenges to those laws. And I think that there is also a broader impact. It does provide a bit of a chilling effect for states to innovate and move forward in in all other areas of healthcare regulation there is still a chance that states could get up off the mat, even if they lose big. In its nearly 50 years of existence, every time ERISA's legal gray areas seem to be settled, the law ends up back in court. That's why lawyers and law students and even Supreme Court justices hate ERISA, uh, because it's so difficult to apply. It's like putting, you know, a fence around a cloud. It sounds like there's a remote chance in your mind that Arkansas will win this case. If it does, what would the impact of that be? So I think if the court sides with Arkansas, I think a lot of states will breathe a sigh of relief because they can continue to implement all of these laws that they've put in place um, and other reforms aimed at reining in healthcare costs. But it really won't put the issue of ERISA preemption entirely to bed. At best, it would just provide one more narrow path forward for states to move. But the court cases go back and forth over the years, opening and then narrowing the paths for states' health regulations. So it's not like they can get the ERISA monkey off their back. We called Aaron back last week after the Supreme Court delivered its ruling on Rutledge. I was sitting in my office at my computer um, and I started seeing my phone blow up. You know, email and Twitter, every, everything started blowing up because it was, you know, surprising and very exciting. Actually, it was a pretty stunning 8-0 sweep for the state of Arkansas, a decision Aaron certainly didn't expect after the court had ruled 6-2 against another state, Vermont, back in 2016. Aaron says more than the blowout score, she was impressed with the substance of the ruling. I mean, the entire PBM law here was upheld and there was no there were no cracks 
There are no wiggle room. There was no place where the court kind of equivocated and said, well, had the state done this or that, that might have been preempted. Um, the opinion by Justice Sotomayor was pretty clear. It was just like 100% um, states have the right to regulate their health care costs. Um, and it didn't seem particularly sympathetic to what PBMs are doing um, or their arguments. And so, you know, the state's ability to regulate in this area was certainly strengthened. And, and so, like, what does this ruling mean for states more broadly beyond the particulars of the Arkansas pharmacy benefit manager law? Like, we had a source who told us somebody at the, the state or the local level was like, OMG, states won, ERISA lost, unanimous, we're going to go on to amend a lot of bills now. Yes. So the 40 states that have already passed PBM regulations pretty much all of those regulations are fine. But the court's ruling isn't limited to PBM regulation. It creates this whole new category of laws, um, those that are aimed at healthcare costs, that are safe from ERISA preemption. Healthcare rate regulation is clearly on the table. State surprise billing laws suddenly have like a much broader lane. Uh, and even more comprehensive state health reforms, like public options, uh, are given a much wider path forward than they had before. So basically, the court is saying, listen, employers and whatever PBMs or other vendors you use, you don't get to cry woof, ERISA, every time a state regulation happens to touch on the health benefits you offer. But it's not carte blanche for state policymakers either, right? Like, what are some of the things, Aaron, that states still can't touch so long as ERISA is on the books? The Supreme Court opinion actually lays out what would still be preempted, even under this broad Rutledge rule. And the first thing is, if a state were to mandate a particular specific benefit, um, for example, if a state were to say, you know, all health plans have to cover uh, fertility services, that would be preempted insofar as they apply to ERISA plans. The other type of regulation the Supreme Court said is still off the table are, you know, laws that force the plan to administer their benefits in a certain way. But anything that just sort of has economic impacts, changes the incentives, uh, ch you know, changes some of the, the minor administrative details, that's all fair game. You said when we talked back in October that ERISA was never intended to become a healthcare law, but that's what's happened. What would it take, Aaron, to change that? Um, so the ERISA problem for state health care regulation is still there. And so I think Congress still needs to act to clarify, you know, and, and limit the scope of ERISA preemption here. But I also think that, that there is this sense that there is more room for states to run. Um, and so it sort of puts the state, instead of being in a defensive crouch, kind of puts the state on the offensive. Aaron, thanks so much for talking with us on Tradeoffs. Thanks for having me. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is trade-offs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Trade-Offs, consider a contribution to support the work we do. Your gift will be doubled thanks to a match in effect through the end of the year. Go to tradeoffs.org to make your gift now. This episode was produced by Leslie Walker, Andrew Perella, and Ryan Levy with help from Jamie Song. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music this episode from CC Mixter and Blue Dot Sessions. 
Additional thanks to Phyllis Borzy, Kristen Link-Young, Jill Horwitz, Carmel Shakar, and THV 11 News, Little Rock. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoff staff, advisors, or funders. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.